Oh, hello, and welcome to the Community Experience Podcast. We are so glad you're here. If you're one of our regulars, you're probably wondering why we haven't published in a while. We actually chose to sunset the show in early 2023, but the feed will stay active because so many of the episodes are timeless. If you want to learn more and search our back catalog, you can visit smartpassiveincome.com slash podcast, all one word. When I'm looking at communities, sometimes what we find is that they have what I kind of coin churn cliffs, meaning that when they look at their audience, they say, look, we get people really good through two months and then they fall off after two months. And so I think that one of the really clever ways to use this is to try to look at your data, try to understand your customers and start making sure that you're providing, you're interacting, you're getting them engaged and then using a video as an opportunity to make that especially personal. Welcome to this week's episode of the Community Experience Podcast. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Jillian Benbow, and today I'm talking to Casey Hill of Bonjoro, which is a very fun app where you can create very personalized experiences for customers, community members, etc. And we just kind of talk about the benefits of that. And the nice thing is most people don't bother. So if you want to try, whether it's Bonjoro or just a similar tactic, I think you'll really stand out from the crowd. So don't let me get in the way of a good time. Let's get right into this week's episode. Welcome to this episode of the Community Experience Podcast. And today I am here with none other than Casey Hill from Bonjoro, which I love to say incorrectly. So (laughs) Casey, (laughs) welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Julian. Yeah. So let's just hop right in. Tell our audience if they don't already know, what what is Bonjoro? And am I saying it right? (laughs) Bonjoro is very often uh, mispronounced, as you said. And I think it's the bonjour uh, that, uh, that pulls people a lot. But uh, Bonjoro, which is B-O-N-J-O-R-O, is basically a personal video tool as well as a video testimonial gathering tool. So it's kind of in that space of of personalization tools. I always want to throw an N in. I want to say Bonjoro. No. <laughs> yeah, that's also that's also a common one. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just hello. It's hello and however whatever B word. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Casey, walk us through just how, you know, your involvement, how did you, how did this all come to be for you? Yeah, it's a, it's kind of a cool story, actually. So I was working at a tech company before I came to work at Bonjour. I was running a sales team, actually. And we were having a problem with demo no-shows about, you know, I think it was like roughly 30 to 40% of our calls booked and didn't show up. And obviously it's like a big drag on my team. Like we're just, you know, wasted time. So we started doing some research and we came across some tool called Bonjoro that said it could help. And so basically the way that Bonjoro works is it creates a task for you to record a video often based on something happening. So in this example, it was like the something happening was someone books a call and we decided we we're going to send that person a personal video, put a face behind the name, and hopefully that would allow us to kind of tap in and reduce that demo no-show rate. And it went really well. We cut no-show rate basically in half off the basis of that kind of strategy. And we learned some things along the way, like one big takeaway for anyone who wants to try that specific use case is send the video as close as possible to the actual booking, not to the meeting. Now that sounds maybe a little bit weird, but if someone books on Monday for Friday, they're already gonna get the regular reminders. But what you really wanna do is you wanna create that connection while they're still in that headspace. I just booked, I'm thinking about this thing. That's the best time to deliver that video while you're still top of mind. And you kind of create that expectation. So anyhow, that's kind of how I found out about it. And then they were partners of ours, the Bonjoro team. So they came over, they're headquartered in Sydney. And I met a whole bunch of the people, actually ended up going on a camping trip with the Bonjoro team out in uh, Santa Barbara, (laughs) where we were located. And they said, hey, do you want to come and and run growth for us? Which is basically, I know growth is kind of a nebulous term in the world today. But for us, it was kind of a combination of organic marketing and sales-related stuff. And I said, that sounds amazing. And I came over about three, a little bit more than three years ago, and I've been loving the ride ever since. Uh, so that's kind of my my journey with Andura. How long did you, this is very important. How long did you know the team before you went camping with them? <laughs> 
Uh, not not that long. I mean, like in terms of personally, it was like when they came out for that trip. So it was like just a couple of days. Like we had chatted previously because they were partners. So like Bonjoro, we have all these integration partners because again, we're like plugged into someone's CRM or their point of sale or their email automation tool. So I had chatted with them, but no, only like it was that meeting. I met them at a conference and then everyone was like, we're going camping. And I was like, let's do it. That's high trust right there. So like, it, was, it was good. It was a lot of fun. As someone who's constantly trying to avoid getting murdered, I'm not sure I would do that, <laughs> but you know, it worked out. So here yeah, we are. that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I made it also, through. You, you really get to know, if you want to get to know someone, go camping with them. You'll know immediately if you vibe. So I guess in a way it's, it's a kismet as they say, like it was meant to be because y'all got along. You had the same level of diva or not diva. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly came together. Yeah, yeah. It's it's always fun to go camping with someone and then realize like, oh, they don't camp. <laughs> they don't have any idea what this is. They brought a gallon of water. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for going down that very important journey with me. I just had to had to make sure. So, we use Bonjoro and that's, you know, part of how we've gotten to know each other and you know, when when I'm thinking about community in particular, there's just this piece, this touch point is so much more personable to get a quick customized like to me video message. And, and I know how it feels because I signed up for Bonjoro to like test it out, even though, you know, like we have an, a, a paid account, but I just created a trial account just to poke around and be nosy as, as one does. As you'd expect, I got a Bonjoro from somebody on your team and it was just like, it was just nice. And it was, it just felt like I feel special in a way. And I think that piece of it, it's that surprise and delight, which I know we all hate saying that term now it's gross, but until we with a better one. Like it, it was, I wasn't, I mean, maybe it's, you know, shame on me because I wasn't expecting a company that did that to do that to me, but it was just like, oh, and like, to your point, like immediately top of mind, like this is cool, you know? So talk us through like, just what kind of findings do you have with it when people use something like this to say hello and, you know, just even just using someone's name in a video, like what have you seen? Yeah, totally. So I think that, yeah, video is a really fun medium because it has all of these pieces. You have kind of expression and body language and tone and just all these things that kind of create that more memorable experience. And I think when we think about like what goes into trust, like how do you trust something? I think there's a really powerful part of video because when you see someone, I think all of us like to intuitively feel like we can kind of gauge like this is a trustworthy person or like, whoa, that was not good vibes, right? And so I think that's a way that you can kind of expedite that relationship in with customers and people you interact with by showing, hey, there's a real human on the other end of it. So yeah, basically the first and kind of most common, I would say of all the use cases, probably the most common use case is interacting as a first touch point. And whether that's a first touch point with a lead or whether it's first touch point with a customer or a member, the idea there is to A, I think show that person that they're valued at a core level, like that's one of the really, you're calling them by their name, you're taking time out of your busy day to do this thing. And that's why I think it's especially so powerful when someone like say Pat Flynn, who has a lot of like name recognition, when he takes time out of his day to say like, hey, you're important enough to us that I'm gonna record this video, like, whoa, that's a really special experience. And so I think that in that world of creators, especially there's this really powerful point where you kind of like, this person feels very seen. But the other side of it that I think can be really powerful too is that opportunity to open up a relationship. So I think that when you have people join in, a lot of times people will ask a question like as part of an email onboarding or whatever, but we're so used to those automations that they very often get like a low reply rate, right? Like if you look at like the reply rate of email onboarding emails in general, like they're not great. But if you see a human face and someone's talking to you and welcoming you and then asks you a specific kind of pointed question, about whether that's about your goals or we've even seen lots of people that just do fun like personal questions like what's your favorite movie or you know we have a guy who runs a course teaching piano and has like amazing engagement like 95 plus percent open and watch rates which is like bonkers and that's what he does he basically asks people on an intake form so initially it's on a form and he says like what is your favorite movie or whatever and then when he records the video he'll reference that so he'll be like, oh my God, I love that movie or I've never seen it. Or like he'll, he'll have that individual touch point because one of the cool parts about Bonjoro is any information you have in your CRM or your database or that you collect on a form can show up right below your actual video. So if you ask a quick question, when you go to record that video, you can have context. So for example, when people sign up for Bonjoro, 
we have a little thing that says like, what's your first use case? Like, what are you looking to use Bonjoro for? And we'll also get things like their industry and things like that. And that all allows us to provide that even deeper personalized experience. So I'd say as a starting point, saying people's name, allowing them to be seen, as well as opening up a dialogue and a conversation. One other kind of data point, because I'm kind of a data nerd on this stuff and I do lots of comparative tests just to share with people. I thought this was really interesting. So everyone who joins Bonjoro, we send them a video. And so I looked at three cohorts of users. I looked at people who we sent a Bonjoro, no reply. I looked at people who we sent a Bonjoro and they had one reply. And then I looked at people who we sent a Bonjoro and they had at least three responses. So it actually became a back and forth thread. So what happened was when they had one reply, you saw a bump, but it wasn't like in a crazy bump. I believe it was like 14%. So we had a bump. And then what happened that was crazy is at three touch points, it was 70% increase in conversion for that person coming through. Massive. And so what I took away from that personally was that by the time there's three back and forths, it's an actual conversation right? Because one comment could just be like, thanks for the video, which is cool. You know, you send a video, they say thanks, like that's great. But by the time you get to three, it's like there was actually a dialogue that started to occur. And so I just wanted to say that I think there's some magic in by the time you get an actual conversation, that's the start of an actual relationship. A relationship is always two way, right? It has to be reciprocal. Otherwise, it's just you're saying things in order to be a relationship it has to be reciprocal. So you know, there's there's a lot of pieces to kind of cover, but for that first use case, those are some of the things that I think about as as kind of the important components. How many back and forths do you think is appropriate before you go camping with them, though? <laughs> that is the uh, that is <laughs> good question. I'm trying to think if I've yet. Yeah, I've not. I've definitely not gone camping yet with my customers. I have hung out with quite a few though in different venues, like at different like mutual events and stuff. We meet up with. A lot of fun and neat folks. So uh, we'll have to... That's the dream, yeah. Yeah, we'll have to add camping to a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> All kidding aside. So I want to I wanna go back to something you said earlier. And I think it's so important, especially in community work in particular, which is that kind of the creating that human connection, but also showing the trust. There's a level of legitimacy to this thing that maybe wasn't clear before. I mean, hopefully it was clear before, but I think there's something really important for community builders when talking about this to really consider this because yeah, there's a lot of email. So standing out from the crowd in such an authentic way, it's just kind of a no brainer. Totally. And I think another thing too, is just funny, we're kind of like joking about it, but I think personality, like letting your personality come through. Like one of the things that is really interesting is when I first joined Bonjoro, I was like, okay, I got to get the perfect like studio set up. I'm going to record my videos. And they were like, no, just go do them like wherever you're comfortable. I was like, okay, like outside because we have like a mobile app. They're like, yeah, just go for a walk. And for me, like I'm an outdoors person and that became my lane. Like I like to go for walks outside and I recorded my videos. And sometimes a dog is barking and sometimes someone's a car is pulling through. But I think that one of the beautiful parts about personal video specifically is that because the focus is relational instead of aspirational, and I want to make that differentiation for people. Like when you see a produced video, very often it's aspirational. Like you see that and you're like, oh, I want to be like that. Right. But that's very different from personal video because personal video is more about just saying like, there's a human on the other end that has traits like me. And so they relate. And it's funny that the videos that have imperfections where you trip or where like I have a new baby. And so like when my baby's yelling or I'll hold up the baby in the background. You sent me the Bonjoro. As you, did you cut your hair? Did you used to have long hair? I did it. I did not. I had longer hair, but not like long okay. hair. Okay. In my, <laughs> in my memory, you had a ponytail. Yeah. You're walking your baby outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that is. That was that was <laughs> indeed me then. Go ahead. I got very excited there. No, no, no. So that's like an example, right? I'll go out with my baby and I'll be like, hey, like this is what's going on in my life. And I think that it's one of those things that takes off a little bit of stress because I think when it comes to video, the biggest hurdle, you know, I've been in this space for a long time and I totally get it is people are just like, they don't feel comfortable. We're so used to like that perfect polished image we're going to put on Instagram and it's got the perfect lighting and it has all the variables. So people feel like that's this big daunting barrier, but that's the beauty of personal video is that you flip it on and you record it. And if you mess up, if you stumble, if you, I can't tell you guys, I've done so many videos where I cough or I hiccup or there's some interruption like countless and I just keep rolling because that's the beauty of personal video, right? And so I think it's something that takes a little bit of the weight off actually and that you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have this perfect veneer. 
And if you joke and you have personality and you let it be a little bit fun, the very first video that I ever got from Bonjoro, like when I first got it from the Bonjoro team, they were like joking about the weather. They were like, oh, you live in California. Like the weather must be like so horrible. And they were like going through this thing because, you know, California famously has great weather. And I was just like so surprised. I was like, whoa, like I've never experienced like anything like that. And I think that's the kind of the emotion that you want to tip people off with. Well, because you, uh, I can give you live feedback right now, other than thinking you had a ponytail. <laughs> Yeah, it's don't funny. I don't I, I did not have a ponytail. I just want to clarify for the listeners here. I don't know where that came from. I guess you just, you know, you have a, a face that needs a ponytail, but <laughs> I mean it was. It was it was kind of refreshing because it was so real. And to your point, it was it was like, hey, I'm just trying to get outside, taking the baby out for some air. Welcome, you know, let me know if I have questions. I was one of the people that did not respond, but I was also, you know, being a lurker on purpose because I was snooping. I would say it almost kind of accelerates the natural relationship that say you were welcoming me to the Bonjour community or whatever. And now we're, we're at this more advanced level, which as someone coming into a community in particular, but I would argue for, you know, most use cases for using something like this, creating that rapport early, you're setting up just a much better experience and then probably a longer, you know, member lifetime value, if you will. And I definitely, I can relate. I'm sure people listening, like I keep trying to start a TikTok account for like community stuff. And I never do it because I'm like, mm, I don't want to clean off the counter. And then it's so obviously nothing has happened. And, and let's be honest, nothing probably will because it's TikTok and it's scary. But like this is to your point, it's like, no, it's it's absolutely doable. And the less produced it is kind of the better, like the more authentic, because I think we're all sick of like the Instagram lens of life like girl pan over because that's where your pile of laundry is we all know it like secrets out (laughs) yeah absolutely and I, i think about some of our like top users and use cases around like the membership community and i think that they really like embrace that you know like one of them is a woman woman named joan gary and she has a 96 percent annual retention rate with 3000 plus members, which for anyone who's knows the stats in this industry, like that's insane. Um, And again, that's not a monthly, that's an annual level. So super impressive. And what she does is a community coordinator. She has a community coordinator who basically picks out milestones. So people share stuff like, hey, my kid just got into Harvard or they share stuff like I just got this big grant because it's a nonprofit community. So I just got this big grant or even like bad things like I just missed this big grant. And she then takes 10 to 15. So it's not a crazy big number, but 10 to 15 each week. And she sends them videos. And hey, I remember when you joined four years ago, when Sarah, their daughter, who now is going to Harvard, was just starting in high school and how fast things change. And it's a minute of Joan's time. But the people are like, wow, like that level of connection is huge. And so it's pretty remarkable in my eyes that you can have someone like Joan who takes, you know, say 30 minutes a week. 30 minutes a week. It's not a huge time block, but is really making people feel seen and also empathizing. Like I thought one thing I thought was special about her use case is it wasn't only the positive stuff. She was also reaching out to people that had bad things that were going on. Hey, they worked really hard on this grant and they didn't get it. And it's like, hey, it's cool. These are the next steps. This is the next thing you're going to look for. And being like that point person. And she would do those videos just wherever around her house, just cruising around, videos in the car, not not driving, of course, but once you're parked, you know, like just wherever was kind of convenient at the time. And so I've seen that model. And then another one that comes to mind, her name is Tracy Phillips. And she does, she's a video coach and she does the funnest videos. She has some where she is like in a lawn chair with like her beach hat on and she's like chilling out like, oh, I'm drinking wine in the evening. Just wanted to say hello. And just very fun. She'll like sing a little song at the beginning for people like rhyming off their name. I mean, just having fun with it. And it's such an incredible, memorable personality. And her use case was really cool. So she was running Facebook ads, Facebook lead ads, getting opt-ins and her kind of pipeline was she wanted to move people into her community. And then members of her community tended to have a pretty good conversion rate because they got exposed to a lot of the core value and to the network, but it was kind of hard to get people in. She only had 7% of those leads coming in actually joining the community. And then she started to send these personal videos. She went from seven to 55% of those people joining the community. So that's pretty huge from seven to 55%. Explain to me like I'm five. So 
People would come in through a lead magnet from Facebook. Yep, like a Facebook. So Facebook lead ads will provide you like the actual contact information. So she'd get someone who came in from Facebook lead ads that would automatically create a Bonjoro task. She'd send that quirky, funny video to those people inviting them. So with Bonjoros, you can have calls to action. So you can have a little button or you can even embed a little asset below. And so her focus was, I want you to come join this community. There's all these really valuable resources for you. And that was kind of the next step on that journey. So she went from 7% of those leads to 55% of those leads joining her community, which then obviously had a big downstream impact on revenue. That is cool. Yeah, there's a lot of use cases, but I, I see that commonality in those interviews and in those conversations with people. And and just one more, sorry, just like while they're fresh, I'm the one who does the use case. I'm seriously taking notes. Yeah, I'm the one who does the use case interviews, so these are top of mind. But there was a company that sold coffee. There were coffee roastery. And their focus was they wanted to turn one-time buyers into people that join their subscription option. A lot of e-commerce companies are starting to kind of think about that transition. So whenever someone bought a cup of coffee, one of the founders, and this is kind of crazy, there was one of the founders, but that's what it was. He would do these videos. And what he would do is he would show them because they actually had the machines in the shop. He'd be like, hey, I'm roasting up your fresh Nicaraguan coffee. I'm putting it in like he would be showing them the mixer. And the whole thing was just to connect them to the brand. And then at the very end, he's kind of like, oh, and by the way, if you're ever interested, like almost as an aside, but it was so like the positioning of it was so good where it was all about the value and like, hey, this is this cool thing you're getting. And like, it felt super immersive and personal. And then, oh, and by the way, here's, if you want to get this, you know, on a regular basis, here's how you opt in. And they added 75K in recurring revenue, which is bonkers from subscriptions specifically through that. And so all of those, like these use cases I'm kind of picking out from Joan to Tracy to Joe, who was the coffee guy, all of them kind of had these creative approaches of like, showing the brand or letting some personality come through or doing it in a like kind of a casual setting where they felt comfortable. So all these businesses are like different styles of businesses, but I think that's a common thread is like be authentic, have fun with it, try to get a little personality across. And if you have the ability to, and I know this doesn't apply to everyone, but because of the fact that you can show any information that you collect below your Bonjoro, give that some thought because that can really help if you ask any initial intake questions you can use those to increase that personalization. So that can really help, especially at the beginning where you might not have met them. You don't have as much of that actual interaction context yet. That's great. Well, and like the coffee example, it's genius because you're you're capturing someone's attention because again, it's, it's just different, right? It's like, oh, what's this? And then you realize, oh, it's customized. So you're going to watch the whole thing because it's about me. You know, that's human nature. And then to add in, basically, you're providing information to a, a like a very engaged human or engaged audience. So the discoverability, right, like being able to highlight the thing you wish everyone knew that they're not necessarily going to pick up in the email and whatnot. I think that's really cool. I'm curious about like thinking about accessibility because it is video. I, I'm trying to think about anybody, people that maybe have like visual impairments, things like that, or like if there's closed captioning for people with audio impairments, like, and I'm sorry to put you on the spot, it just kind of popped in my head. But do you have things to solve for that? Because I know a lot of people building community, you know, in your community, you will have someone that will feel left out inevitably if they have, you know, a barrier. I'm just curious if that's no, it's a totally valuable question. Captioning is something we really want to do. We're not quite there yet. Part of the complexities too is that we want to make sure not only to have captioning, but there's a lot of like Bonjoro, we serve all over the world. And so there's a lot of like language inclusion that's kind of part of that equation. But it's definitely on the roadmap, definitely something we want to do. Right now, what people do have the ability to do is anytime you do a, a video for someone, you can always upload a video as well. So if you record a video and you have any kind of software that can run those captions, you can then take that and quickly upload it, send it through the system, still have you know that, that branded landing page and that kind of whole experience. Obviously, it's, it is an extra step at this stage, but it is something you can do. And, and it's definitely something on our roadmap that we, we think is an important piece. Again, like you're saying, to have it you know, this as well as SMS and text messaging comes up as well as just an additional medium to connect with people. So these are all things that we're definitely planning to continue to roll out. That's the thing with products like this, right? There's a lot of things that it's like, we, you know, there's only so many engineers <laughs> and developers that can create these things that sound simple, but are actually quite complex. Pat has recently started doing videos for people who apply to our SPI Pro community and are accepted. That's 
instead of getting an email you're in, we're trying to send the first thing being the video. And in fact, he was so good about doing them. He was actually doing them too far ahead of the email. And then people were like, but how do I join? <laughs> so that was a lesson learned from us. But it's amazing. The conversion rates are just amazing because it just, you're making someone feel special. And it's, you know, these 15 second videos. And for existing members, I think I'm going to send like basically like holiday messages. I've blocked out a bulk of my day on Thursday to just start going. But I'm curious, like what advice do you have for someone who's doing community and maybe doesn't have a lot of, you know, maybe they don't have a CRM or a lot of like data sets to look at? Like, what would you recommend people pick as some easy to easy to pick milestones, maybe that they could try this with? Yeah, for sure. So I think that every kind of like membership or community is a little bit different. You know, your example you highlighted, I think is great for anyone that has award certifications, like, you know, anything that has that type of like hard, it has a quiz, it has a certification, has whatever. Those are great ways to have that interaction. The initial touch point when people first come in is a great time to have the interaction. When I'm looking at communities, sometimes what we find is that they have what I kind of coin churn cliffs, meaning that when they look at their audience, they say, look, we get people really good through two months and then they fall off after two months. And so I think that one of the really clever ways to use this is to try to look at your data, try to understand your customers. And maybe you have a lot of really good content, but you don't have enough dynamic content to keep people like continuing on or, you know, that's almost a whole other conversation. But where you can use video here is start just to do those outreaches in advance. So don't wait until two months when the churn cliff is, but wait until say month one and start making sure that you're providing, you're interacting, you're getting that person either attending your webinar, your workshop or whatever kind of stuff you're doing, or you're tagging them in specific comments that they're doing getting them engaged, and then using a video as an opportunity to make that especially personal, right? And when I talk about video in the context of Bonjoro, I, I want to make one kind of clarification, which is a lot of the video we've been talking about thus far is kind of this idea of like a triggered video, like something happens, someone gets added to your database or tag, you create that. But we also have what we call a Chrome recorder. A Chrome recorder is a video that you record and it kind of plops it into a library and it just gives you a link. So if you wanted to send a video to someone on social media and you didn't have an email, you wanted to send them a, a thing on Messenger, you could do that or on LinkedIn or on Instagram. And you wanted to send that video, your video will pop up, you can brand it, you can have your call to action, you can have your calendar embedded, all of those pieces that a Bonjoro includes, but you don't have an email address. That's an application 100% of where you can kind of plug in and use that Chrome recorder to speak for that. And another thing I just want to add on that is, one thing that I see really that's used really effectively here is commonly asked questions. So actually the most recent use case, one we just published last week is from this company called The Art of Luthery. Basically this really cool guy that teaches people how to make guitars. He teaches them how to handcraft guitars. What? Seriously, check it out. It's super yeah, rad. That's cool. This guy has actually, I think the highest, I always say like, oh, crazy engagement. I think he has the highest. He has, he showed me his dashboard and you can see it when we publish it a 98% open rate and 99% watch the rate, which is like unheard of. Wow. What this guy does is he has all these questions that come in and he decided long ago that versus writing these long descriptions, he started recording a video with his tool wall. So someone would ask a question and he would say, actually, it's a bevel, whatever saw, this is what you want to do. And he'd show that. And now he has a library of all these videos. And when these questions kind of come in, he can service this really easily. He can connect in to their specific question, all of this content he's built. So that Chrome recorder where the videos are saved, right? Because remember with a one-to-one -one video, if you say, hey, Sarah, or whatever, that's not, you, you can look at that result, but we're not like storing that. But if you have something that you wanted to reuse, that Chrome recorder is a great application to fulfill that side of things as well. That is blowing my mind as far as just possibilities. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could really set up some cool cool stuff. I'm even just like, just blah, like the, the gears are turning, the, the rust is coming off. Just thinking about like onboarding. And I know an experience we know a pain point for our community members is just overwhelm because our communities are big and there's a lot going on and just getting your bearings sometimes is, is the, like, honestly, the hardest challenge to staying because you're just like, what? I don't even know where to begin. And so I'm envisioning this whole, you could even create like a semi-custom path for people with like, I'm going to send you a series, incorporate video into onboarding in a way that's 
covering the questions people have, but is more engaging than just an email, right? Ooh. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. And I think I think the other thing, and this isn't applicable for every use case, but remember, I think too, that with this, you also have that ability when they go to that page, they're right there at that spot to have some sort of call to action as well. So for those experiences where you want them to digest something, sometimes it's just like, oh, I have a question. You answer the question. That's cool. You don't need to have any call to action. You can just toggle that off. But if you wanted to have one, it's also a really cool opportunity to allow people to kind of take that next step, right? Where they like see something like, oh, that's really cool. And then they can go get the thing or try out something or register for a certain event or insert that next step. And you're, you're trying to make that kind of seamless as part of the process. And so a lot of times I, you know, that that's come up before in conversations where I'm talking with someone and they're like, okay, this video thing sounds super cool, but for a Chrome recorder specifically, like, why wouldn't I just use YouTube? Or why wouldn't I just use like some sort of private video? And I'm like, in some cases you should use, like if it's a general video, you want everyone to see it, like it can totally make sense. But if you wanted them to do something next, that's not really what YouTube is designed for, right? And so that's kind of that unique opportunity where it might make sense to use something like this. Yeah, I can see a lot of a lot of really fun ways to use it and just kind of make make an experience again, like, yeah, sure, you could do YouTube, you could have all sorts of things, but you could also, if you got a little creative, you know, get a little scrappy, you could just create a very unique experience that has like, it's kind of like choose your own adventure, right? It's like you watch the one video and then there's different options call to action and that takes you to the next. I don't know. I will not bore you with my like sudden like mania of all the things that you could possibly do, but yeah, it's exciting. And one thing that just popped to mind as we were talking is, so with those pre-recorded videos, you can also attach those as a template to your actual personal touch video. So another use case we did, woman sells basically like a high ticket item, high ticket kind of, because a high ticket item, and then she also has kind of like a do-it-yourself course. So one of the things that she liked to do, which I thought was really smart, is she would send that personal touch point, and she would basically in below her video that would say, hey, Casey, hey, Casey, thank you so much for your interest, your inquiry, or whatever that first thing was. She would actually attach a like tour the course. So she'd say, hey, one of the problems with courses is they're really opaque a lot of times. So let me actually show you. And with the screen record, you can have it be just you or you can have it be your screen or you can have it be you plus your screen. So she's a little bobble in the corner and she's basically walking them through the first couple modules of the course. So she's taking away some of that like skepticism and connecting that to the personal touch point at the top. But the cool part about it is she can have a five minute video walking someone through, but then just a quick 10 second intro where she calls him by name and she adds that little personal touch. Hey, Casey, super excited to have you here. I, I made a little walkthrough of everything right down below. Go check this out and let me know if you have questions. She gets the best of both worlds. Very time efficient because the longer asset is pre-recorded, but she gets that first intro. And so just to throw that out there for anyone that runs courses, I thought that was a really clever way to reduce that like trepidation of like, okay, but how good is this content? She's like, let me show you. I don't know. I thought that was clever. I think that's really clever. And I can also see that would, you know, for communities that have a paywall or some sort of barrier to entry, that'd be a great way to show community. Cause I know, you know, something we <laughs> constantly face is you create all these videos and then the product is updated or you change things because it's community and you clean things up. And now like whatever you're showing is like, you know, there comes a point where you need to re-record things. And this way it would also, it just seems like less pressure as far as it'd be easier to update as things change or to your point, even using the templates, you could even maybe break it up further, but ultimately being able to give someone a like, Hey, you know, you're thinking about joining the community. Let me just give you a quick tour. And it feels just more personal than watching the video on the website. Right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. So many things. I'm <laughs> yeah. curious. I mean, it's, I think the, uh, you know, the benefits of doing these personalized videos are pretty obvious to anybody listening, right? Like it's just this unique experience. It feels much more customized, much more personal. It helps with the relationship building. I mean, I don't feel like we need to like harp on it because it's kind of a no duh, um, which is great. But I am curious, just for funsies, so you've given us so many good examples, and I'm going to put you on the spot again, but in a fun way, like, do you have any just like wild, like, what's the wildest way a person has used Bonjoro or like, you know, I love the lady in the lounge chair being like, well, hello, <laughs> but is there any just kind of like really zany 
things people have done that you've heard of? Yeah, that's definitely a fun question. I'm trying to think of like, so there's kind of two dimensions to that question. One is like zany videos, right? And we've done, oh man, we've tried so many different things. We've had ones where we started a video, like we're doing push-ups or something or like just crazy stuff that's going on in the video. So there's, there's that kind of, and then there's like use cases or applications or kind of like unusual spots we've seen it used. So, I mean, I, I think that there's, probably quite a few. <laughs> There's quite a few on both. One that came up recently, I thought was kind of cool. I, I don't know if it's like totally crazy, but it was unique. I hadn't seen it before was scholarships. So we actually had schools that were basically reach out with a bonjour and be like, congratulations, you got the scholarship. And instead of that email, like we all know, like get an email that's, you know, congratulations, but it's kind of crazy when you actually have the director or head of the program or someone who you might be working directly with who's like, congratulations. And this is both in the context of academic scholarships as well as sports scholarships as well. So I thought that was a pretty like, I was like looking at that, I was like, huh, that's pretty- That's cool. That's pretty creative and pretty cool. And, and I also thought, you know, the application, so so much of Bonjuro's applications happen on kind of the sales and onboarding side. It wasn't as common that we saw people using it for support. But that last thing I kind of talked about, that guy, Art of Luthery, that's one of his applications and he's finding a ton of success with that. So I thought that was kind of cool. And, and one of the things I took away from that, which I thought was an interesting point to note to people is I, I was like, why is this guy's engagement so crazy good? Like, cause that's like next level good. Like nobody gets hundred percent open rates. But what I realized is the, one of the things he has going for him is there's very high intent. People are coming to him with very high intent. Like if you ask a question, right? Same thing as if you fill out an application for something and someone responds to your application, you're probably going to get a really high open rate to the response to an application. So I think just as another kind of note, thinking about what are times where there's high intent that you can kind of tap into and help amplify, if you will. But yeah, we there's all sorts of crazy bonjours. I'll say one, one fun one is everyone on the team recorded a, and we had a competition for like how crazy your bonjoro profile of yourself is so i can share mine if you guys want for the notes but basically there's a video of me putting on I, i'm talking about how i wear a lot of hats and i do the entire video stacking hats and i think i get to like 12 hats so i'm talking about all the things i do at bonjoro it's my own personal i'm like oh and i'm doing this stuff and this stuff and the whole time i'm stacking hats and i'm wearing a fluffy bear suit because our mascot of bonjoro is a bear so i'm wearing a full blue bear suit with massive puffy white ears and stacking 12 hats on top of my head. That is probably a fairly unusual or unique application for a Bonjoro. Did you win the competition? I, you know, I don't think I did win the competition. Sadly, there were some people that had a better, there's some very comedic ones. We might need to share just a whole bunch of uh, a team videos for this to, to allow the audience here to assess. But I gave it an honest effort. I feel like y'all need to do a rematch, you know? I mean, <laughs> how long ago was this? This was quite some time ago. Yeah, yeah. It, this was like years ago. So it, it does seem like a rematch might be in order. But I just want to make one other thing. You talked about the holiday ones. Like, I love sending holiday bonjouros. They get like, they're so well received. They get amazing engagement. And I like like our holiday bonjouros are always like nothing but just like wishing people well, you know? And so like, I think that there's just this amazing like kind of thing with there's not a specific push. I'm not trying to sell them something. I'm like, hey, I appreciate you. And like, and I think people just receive that. And they're like, whoa, that's really cool. There's no like agenda here. It's just genuine appreciation. And so those are really fun. And we actually have a bunch of backgrounds for all sorts of different, you know, we have stuff for Hanukkah and Christmas and and like a whole different, we have like, I think it's like 16 different templates that we have pre-set up. So you can put those like around your little video as a frame on your template. Oh my gosh. Yes. To make it easy for people. That's great. Yeah. I have one more question about your, your contest video. <laughs> Does everyone on your team have a bear suit? Like, is that part of the the welcome? They said it is. Whole... Yeah. Yeah. You do. <laughs> you do joking. have to. <laughs> no, you do you do have to have a bear suit that is required. And we we used to do in the early days people would record their videos actually in their bear suits. So it was Oh my gosh. It was quite the thing. And we've slacked off a little bit in our uh, dedication to recording all videos in bear suits. Yeah. It definitely leaves an impression. I'll tell you that. I had an idea because outside of my work at Bonjour, I'm also a consultant. And so I thought I have this brilliant idea. 
I'm going to do a website called our mascot's called Joro. So I was gonna, like, I'm going to create a website called Ask Joro. And the entire premise is I'm just going to answer business growth questions in a bear suit. And so people are going to come in, post any question. I'm going to answer it in a bear suit. Now, full disclosure, it was a dismal failure. <laughs> people did not want to opt in to receive the insights. And it was actually really interesting, just as an aside here, about framing and value, you know, like, because basically what I did is the idea was answer questions, try to get people into kind of Bonjoro. That was like the pipeline, right? Show them Bonjoro, showcase the product, people would kind of see it. But I was doing them for free, right? And so instead of like, so the whole pitch was like, normally I charge $300 an hour to consult and I'm going to do this for free. But I think that people are skeptical of free, right? And so there's kind of this reservation where people are like, oh, how good is it? Anyways, Without going off on a uh, long digression here, uh, that didn't pan out. But yes, we've done many experiments that include bears in various capacities. I think the whole experiment was worth it just so we could hear about it because it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Also, I triple dog dare you to wear your bear suit to your next meeting. Just show up in it. No comment. <laughs> just see what we Yeah. All right. I like it. I like it. I, I can take a triple dog dare. Nice. I love a costume. Like I love costumes. So I just think that's great. What a like wonderful team culture, fun thing to have. Yeah. That would be. Yeah, for sure. I can just imagine this like bear suit arriving at your house and depending on your personality, right? I would see this and I'd be like, this is the best company ever. I'm like, yeah, I'm putting on my bear suit. <laughs> Other people would be like, oh. The one that people really loved is we got kids bear suits and like kids onesies. And oh man, customers, like getting the bear suit, like that was cool. But when you get people's like kids, the bear suit, that was like an instant that's next level. Always built good. Uh, good you can't compete with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's adorable. Well, Casey, I have a rapid fire list of questions to ask you that are very hard and mathematically based. But before we challenge your noodle with those. So you have your own podcast and Matt and I were recently on it. And I think our audience is there's a, you know, the Venn diagram is also almost just a circle. So I would love you to tell people about it because I think they would find it super valuable. So yeah, please tell us about your podcast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it's called uh, CLTV Customer Lifetime Value University. And basically the idea is it's quick, actionable episodes, about 20 minutes long, teaching you specific ways to increase your customer lifetime value. So I think today in this world where acquisition is getting more and more expensive, there's a lot of conversation around like, how can we really drive a lot of value from our core customers? And so you have episodes that are talking about how to reduce churn. You have episodes that are talking about kind of the upsell motion. So how can you have more different payment opportunities moving forward? The recent episode with Matt and Jillian was talking about community-led growth, which was amazing. So it's just a bunch of very tactical things that you can kind of take out and try to apply to your business to increase that customer lifetime value. So again, that's CLTV University and the little diagram is our mascot, a bear. It's funny because we're talking about a bear, so it fits perfectly. And it's kind of like pointing on a chalkboard to a lesson. So if you see that icon, you've, you've come to the right spot. But yeah, it's we've had some amazing guests on it. Yeah, it's a, it's a great show. And it was so fun to be on. So I'm glad that then you agreed to come on our show. Absolutely. But now for the hardest part of the whole thing, which, you know, it's very grueling, rapid fire questions. I always try to preface with the intent here is I will ask you a question and the answer is just like a one word, one sentence response, like whatever comes to mind. And then I'll move on to the next question. I will also preface with, I'm really bad about following that because I often want to ask follow-up questions. So I do my best not to ask follow-up questions, but you know, sometimes you just throw something out there. Like you went camping with strangers or you're wearing a bear suit. So I can't help myself. So let's get started. Casey Hill, are you ready? I, I, I'm ready as I'm going to be. All right, here we go. Loosen up. <laughs> Casey, when you were a young child, what did you want to be when you grew up? A writer. I wanted to write books, which is still, by the way, on the docket. I still do a lot of fiction writing in my spare time. So hopefully someday I'll be able to nice. show you guys a, a, a an output here. That would be amazing. Casey, how do you define community? Yeah, to me, community is a place where you can come and you can have conversation and you know people's names. And it's it's kind of that, uh, gosh, I'm, I'm horribly violating your one word, one sentence definition. But yeah, I, I think it's a, a hub of people that have some sort of shared common interests or values that come to, to share about those those topics and things. 
Okay. Proverbial bucket list. What is something on your, you know, life list, bucket list that you have done? Oh, something that I have done. So gosh, there's probably a lot of these that are somewhat like travel oriented. One thing that I always wanted to do was to go on like a crazy kayak journey. And I did a like 40 mile cross channel kayak journey from Catalina Island back to the mainland. So that was a one bucket list item for me to check off. That's awesome. 40 miles. I did a seven, I think it was 17 mile in Kauai. You can kayak the Nepali coast. That's the longest and a hurricane was kind of in the area. So it was choppy. I've never been more nauseous, but it was worth it. It was beautiful. So oh gosh, yeah, that's, that's crazy. See, I already broke my own rule. So that's, I guess that's what's nice when they're your rules. It's like, is it a rule? All right. And on the flip side of that, what is something on your bucket list that you have not done? I think that a lot of bucket list items that are things that I haven't done include like travel, food, cultural items. I'd love to go to Turkey, Istanbul, explore that area. I've always thought that'd be really fun as well as Japan. It's another area that I think would be really fun. So there's a lot of, I think, kind of travel oriented ones that I haven't completed on the bucket list. And the other bucket list thing I think would really be around getting a book, kind of a fiction piece out into the world. That's another definite aspiration of mine to do someday. I love it. I feel like those could be combined. Like you need to go do the travel to get inspiration for the book. (laughs) And then you get them both. Yeah, that is actually a very solid. I I did think quite a bit about doing a book that chronicled specific like crazy travel adventures. My dad is like a crazy traveler. He was one of the first people to transnavigate the Caribbean in like a catamaran, a Pringle catamaran over like four months. And so I remember like sitting down with him. This was a couple years back. And I like wrote out this huge, I don't know what it was, like 50 page piece, like kind of chronicling that whole journey. And I was like, man, it'd be kind of fun to get 10 to 20 of these less known stories. They're not really high profile, but kind of compile them. So maybe that will be a a possibility. There you go. There you go. Okay, this is gonna be a good one. Because you, I'm guessing, are a big reader if you are writing fiction. What is just like one of your all-time favorite books? Yeah, Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss is a fiction piece that I really like. That's the first one that kind of comes to mind off the bat. One that I just read recently called A Gentleman in Moscow. Really, really cool. I'm part of a book club. And the author, Amor Towels, I think his last name is pronounced, has written like quite a few award-winning books. And so another one that just got a bunch of accolades last year was called The Lincoln Highway. Also quite good. So yeah, those are some off uh, off the top of my head. Whenever I think about books, there's almost like two categories because I read a lot of fiction, but I also read a lot of business books. So on the business front, there's this whole other world. But for just the kind of relaxing and having fun, those are those are some good reads. You know, sometimes you just need like a good escape, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. So you are in the San Diego area where the weather is between 70 and 79 degrees at all times. Just kidding. But if you could live anywhere else in the world, where would you live? Great question. Completely uninformed answer because I don't really know that much, but New Zealand just feels like the kind of place that would be amazing to live. I don't know why. Maybe it's the pictures I've seen of like New Zealand mountains and, you know, these verdant fields and stuff. But that's the first thing that jumps to my mind when you ask that. That's my answer too. And I've never been there. (laughs) <laughs> so we're in the same we're in the same boat in australia i'm like it was close enough well because they have everything and i think about like if the world's going to implode i feel like new zealand's not going to be on the list of places that get like messed with at least at the beginning plus you have oceans and mountains the people are very nice and chill it's like not that populated which is appealing to me yeah it's got it all it's got a lot of winning characteristics I know. So many people, though, agree. So it's like, oh, we better go now before they're like, hey, <laughs> we're going to close that border. <laughs> yeah. Too many yeah. of you. Too many people have the same idea. Yeah. All right. Final question. Thank you for your patience. <laughs> Casey, how do you want to be remembered? Yeah, that is a really good question. I mean, I think that for me, the biggest factor, I think the end of my life is around impact. And so I think that like, that's really what I would think is like, how many lives have I hopefully impacted in a, in a profound way? I think that to me is probably the biggest component of legacy. If I think about the word legacy is really just like my direct impact on other people and how much I've helped 
accelerate them in, in a meaningful way. I think when we get to the end of our lives, people don't remember the car that you drive or the house that you have. I think they remember how you were to them. So, I mean, that's something that is like, I grew up in a really close knit family and definitely like having that close knit relationship with family and close friends and keeping that as my kind of North star going through life. I think that, you know, we have all these things that tug on us and we're always, you know, you see all this aspirational stuff content out there that always makes you feel like you're not quite going fast enough. But I think that if you have that kind of anchor of treating people around you well and and being just like a good, honest, high character person who has the back of your friends and family. I don't know. That's kind of for me when I get to the end. That's what I would hope to be uh, remembered for. I think it's lovely. And that's a it's a perfect way to end uh, today's episode. So before I let you go, let people know like where on the Internet can they find you? If there's social media you're active in or you have a website, obviously at Bonjoro. But where can people learn more about you? Yeah, for sure. So I think that for me personally, I'm the platform I'm most active on is LinkedIn. So that's just forward slash Casey Hill, C-A-S-E-Y-H-I-L-L. So if people want to connect over there, I post a lot of business growth insight type of content. And then yeah, we got Bonjoro, B-O-N-J-O-R-O.com if you want to check out some of the video stuff we've been chatting about. And if anyone wants to contact me directly, my email is just my name at Bonjoro. So Casey, C-A-S-E-Y at Bonjoro.com. So you want to reach out if you have any questions, happy to help. Oh boy, here come the emails. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, Casey, thank you so much for being here today. I think it's just so much valuable information about, you know, just creating these touch points and key experiences for our community members and customers. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks so much. It was a pleasure. And that's the episode with Casey from Bonjoro. So be sure to go check out Bonjaro if that's something you find intriguing. And if you're enjoying the show, we'd love you to write a review wherever you're listening. Apple, Spotify, I don't know. Where do the cool kids listen to podcasts anymore? I don't even know. So wherever that is, if you'd love to give a five-star review, I would love to say thank you. And yeah, on that note, go check out Bonjaro, check out Casey's podcast, and I'll see you next Tuesday. You can learn more about Casey's work right on the Bonjoro website, which is B-O-N-J-O-R-O.com. You can also check out Casey's podcast, CLTV University Podcast, which stands for Customer Lifetime Value University Podcast, and learn all sorts of things about acquisition, retention, etc. And maybe catch the episode with uh, Matt and I. Your lead host for the community experience is me, Jillian Benbow. Our executive producer is Matt Gartland. Our senior producer is David Grabowski. And our editor is Paul Gregoris. Sound editing by Duncan Brown. Theme music by David Grabowski. See you next Tuesday.